Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very twangy episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing Torn Hearts. It's about country music ladies and all the drama that happens around that. Starring Katie Seagal, of course, of like everything fame. Um, uh, and uh, did anybody else catch who the manager was? I know Caitlin did because she reads castless. She did. Oh, I can I meant tell to by her face. She, was she striking didn't. Some who was that? That is um, Josh from the Blair Witch Project. Oh, oh. I, was, I was focused on uh, the guy that played the country music star is Shiloh uh-huh. Fernandez, who's from Dead Girl. So I was oh, like, okay. so focused on him. Oh, I do I recognize that guy too. Now country. that you say that, yeah. So he, the last time I saw that guy was probably uh, altered. Him and yeah. uh, him and both of the main dudes from Blair Witch were in altered, and they're really good. I think anyway. I'd seen him in one or two things beyond that. He was a cop on a TV show or something at one point. He was but. in that weird Lake Shark movie. He played like the Shark Boy in that movie. What was that? What was that called? <laughs> shark Boy and Lava Girl. No, yeah. What, oh what, what was that movie called? It was like a horror movie where there's like mm-hmm. genetically modified sharks in a lake. It was something really stupid. We did it like uh, 10, ten years ago. Yeah. I don't. I know what you're talking about. I can't think of. <laughs> Thank you, Keith. I'll find it. Anyway, yeah. tonight. We're here to talk about Torn Hearts. Uh, no schnars joining me tonight, though. First up from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello. From Richmond, Virginia, it's Caitlin from Richmond, Virginia. Hello. I wanted to do the two up, two down to make the VA, but I think if I do it, it does it backwards for y'all. So, <laughs> next That's a special up. treat for the live stream. Next up from <laughs> patreon.com slash bloody good horror. <laughs> from the Bay Area, please welcome back from the Zombie Girls, Matilda. Hey there. And rocking the green hair, as always. I really like it. How often do you have to get that done? That's my question. I do it um, every few weeks. Green actually holds oh, pretty wow. well. Yeah. Interesting. Probably have like a color conditioning regimen and such. Mm-hmm. This yeah. last person would know that voice you hear joining us tonight. <laughs> you can't do a movie about, uh, you know, country music without having somebody from Memphis on. So please welcome mm. Elizabeth to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I know it's not Nashville, but you have told me, you have schooled me in the uh, Nashville-Memphis uh, rivalry. There's a, there's a real rivalry for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, all right, y'all. Let's, uh, I, Sean's not here to make fun of, so let's jump right into it here and review <laughs> Torn Hearts. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. Fuck the front time. I don't know what it is. Something about having schnars on video here with me. I just look at him and I just start riffing. I just can't help it. it just happens. Uh, He's but, your muse. Yeah, that's true. In uh, his stead, though, Caitlin, you are going to bring us the word of the day this week. So please. All right, buddy. The word of the day is hagsploitation. Hagsploitation is a subgenre of horror that features a formerly glamorous older star who plays an insane woman who terrorizes those around her. That is so specific. <laughs> it's also, uh, <laughs> some people refer to it as psychobitty, which is a mixture oh. of horror, women's film elements, primarily involving aging women who have grown mentally unbalanced and violent. Okay, I like that way better because it would make a really cool shirt. Psychobitty? I know that term from your podcast, Caitlin. Yeah, we used it for um, For X. X. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Um, Caitlin, would you like to tell us what this movie's about? Yeah, sure. So Torn Hearts, a uh, Bria Grant, who I always joke is my cousin. She's not my cousin. A Bria Grant joint. Um, It's about two girls, Lee and Jordan, who are a country music duo trying to, you know, find their way in Nashville. They've got a a manager who's a bit of a dick, we'll say. Is that okay to say in the intro? I don't know. But um, he's trying to get them on tour with a a singer named Caleb. It's not going great. Um, So they take the opportunity to go visit one of their um, country music icons. I believe uh, Harper Duchess is her name. Uh, Formerly of a Harper and Hope Duchess, a sister duo. Uh, Hope had been, well, she... She died by suicide, um, sort of at the peak of their career, and Harper has been living solo ever since. So um, Lee and Jordan go to to Harper for quote-unquote advice, hopefully to, to collab on a single, and 
I think that's maybe where we should leave it. It, it, it gets exploitation psychobitty. And they find out she's a psychobitty. <laughs> super, super out. vital, important update. That shark movie I'm talking about is called Shark Night. Uh, <laughs> called came out in 2010. Nice. Um, all right, let's dive right in here. Uh, Matilda, what do you think? Uh, I really liked this movie. I have more to say about it later and kind of the DNA that I think it shares with like Jennifer's body and goes a kind of interesting different direction with it. But um, I thought it was great. I thought um, you could really feel the, the Bria Grant of it between 12 hour shift and this, like there's some interesting oh, I do love similar t- stuff. I do love 12 hour shift. Yeah. 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 And Katie Seagal is just fantastic in this mm-hmm. as she is in things. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about this one. Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, I love nothing more than to make people listen to me sing. So this really spoke to me, <laughs> this movie. Like I, I was pretty here for it from the jump and it did not disappoint. It was just really fun. And I think did interesting things without being too, um, I don't know, too involved with itself to stand out in the genre. I don't know. It, yeah, we'll get into themes and, specifics later but i think that it was maybe something we've seen a little bit before but done in a really creative kind of fresh way love it casey uh well first of all i want to apologize blame it all on my roots i showed up in boots oh, i should have <laughs> <laughs> um i like this movie i love katie seagal ever since uh you know i found her met her as peg bundy she is she's been high on my list. So she's, it was great seeing her in this movie. And I thought she was great throughout story wise. I liked that this movie was set up to do as well. Everything I thought was pretty well in this. I like this movie a lot, but it felt to me in the end, a little bit sleep, uh, sleepy as far as a horror movie goes. I think there's definitely horror elements there. I think it stayed more to me. It stayed more on the thriller side than straight up horror, but, and that's not to say it was bad because it wasn't a bad movie at all. It's just not exactly what I was expecting and hoping to, and I probably had bad expectations. I don't know why I didn't know much about this movie except for the cast. And it was made by Bria Grant. I'd never seen a trailer or anything. So I don't know where those expectations come. I was just hoping to see a little more over the top in the back half of it is all, but I did enjoy the movie. And again, that could just be bad expectations. Caitlin. I like this one. I, I really like the story. I think the the idea is really solid. I The acting is a little up and down for me. Katie Seagal is awesome. I think um, the gal who played Lee, um, maybe a little bit weaker uh, of a performance, or maybe that's me projecting because I had like a visceral reaction to that character. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it brought out like a lot of, I don't know, I was really invested in where things were going. I like that it was really chaotic and it was scary in a way that I haven't seen in a while where we have like a true psycho bitty figure that is just manipulative and ruthless. And I don't know, it was cool to see. And <clears throat> forgive me if I'm wrong, but I, I can't think of another at least recent movie that's been or a horror movie that's been set sort of in like a country music Nashville mm-hmm. type setting. It was kind of different. Um, at first I was like, I don't know, but they really leaned into it in a, in an impressive way. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with Casey that there's something I would have changed about the ending, but overall I would watch this again. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I think I'm probably closest to Casey on this one. I think that it has a lot going for it. Not namely, I think the two big things are, it's a pretty unique premise. And what I love about it is it's not just a unique setting and characters with thrown into another well-existing type of like subgenre, right? Like it's, in other words, the country music part of it is vital to the plot and the way everything Mm -hmm. plays. It's like a country music thriller. Like, you know what I mean? It's about country music kind of at its core, which is unique. And I like that. I think like watching Katie Seagal just chew scenery Mm -hmm. is a shit ton of fun. And she's like, um, she has a presence you feel in this movie that is a lot of fun to watch. She's scary. <laughs> it's it's interesting because yeah. we didn't actually get any kind of email thread before this show. Um, 
but Casey, you and I kind of are like dead on together. Like I, yeah. I enjoyed Seagal's performance so much. And the first act, I loved the first act. Even as we get in the second act, the way they're like ratcheting up tension, right? She loves like focusing on these little gesticulations of the hands and the little oh. turns of, um, the little turns of mood that are happening. For me, it doesn't go crazy enough. Like, cause her yeah. performance is so good. Mm. I wanted that shit by the time the third act rolled around to be like that shit or even just bring in the action sooner. Like even if they bring in the, like the main, I don't even know what to call it. Like the star of the group or whatever. She takes a stupid ass amount of time to figure out that this is a bad situation. Like, Literally, she's still in until she gets a gun pulled on her. But at that point, it's like very clear you're in a murder house and it's been clear for like a while. <laughs> so that was kind of wild to me. Um, she's and, not and the brains, babe. She's the, she's the. To yeah, me, I think so like, about, it's yeah. a slow burn and I can definitely. It's a slow burn. I can definitely appreciate that about it. And some days I'm in a slow burn. Some days I'm not. I've just, for me, I felt like if they took the real turn into the intense action and just slid it up at like 20 minutes. It was just a little too lingering in its own little like tension stuff. Cause eventually that stuff's got to move on. And even, yeah. and, and cause the other thing for me is the directing is a little flat. And I think even compared to the director's previous outing, that is like um 12 hour shift. That was the name of that, right? That, that was like the hospital with Angela Bettis. Like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. a really, visually creative film. I remember it had one of the like weirdest soundtracks I'd ever heard. Um, lots of characters and there's like an energy to that movie. That's maybe just because of the less characters here is kind of lacking, but like there are moments that I feel like should be filled with tension that kind of weren't for me. Like the, um, Joshua Leonard character showing up. Right. I mean, that's like, that's, that's (laughs) classic screenwriting, right? You've got characters in isolated situation, one way to change things up is to have an inter- interloper like around this end of the second act or middle of the second act. And that seems kind of fun. Like, and it's, I think what that scene does is it, it brings home some of the points of the script. Like you just really, what you're getting out of the scene is you're seeing how opportunistic he is. Like really, he's just trying to make sure he's hitched onto the right lifeboat. Um, cause it, cause he's immediately is trying to be her manager. You know what I mean? And like this new group or whatever. Um, I just felt like the death could have been shot in a more dramatic, interesting way. Even going to the finale, like felt kind of flat for me. So it's not bad. I think it's like a really fun, decent little, little thriller. And the, uh, the other strength I think it really has is just exploring this relationship between these two creatives and, uh, the way that like being female creative sort of lends itself uniquely to like the types of conflicts that they're having because of like the way the world is perceiving them and like the way they're perceiving each other. Yeah, um, the pitting of one against the, pit, the other yeah. and, the and that the only person I, I think that, that stuff is going to get out of that. Yeah. I think that stuff is super interesting. I just, something about it like was a little flat for me in the end, but I still think it's, it's pretty decent. And just to watch Katie Seagal, honestly, I think it's probably worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you like the, I mean, because the, when I guess we're, you know, we already talked about the, the Richie, the producer character, you know, gets, gets murked, but I do like that Katie Seagal, like the Harper character is like stabbing that strawberry rhubarb pie with a knife <laughs> repeatedly and like yeah. severe cuts. So like, I think that's like a pretty cool ratchet up to it, but yeah, it could have been mm-hmm. a little bit more. I think, yeah. And I think she well, actually shows she's pretty good at those moments. Like the ratcheting up, it was more like the for lack of a better phrase, money shots in this movie where I was yeah. sort of yeah. feeling, mm-hmm. feeling just like well, yeah. a little pizzazz missing or something. Exactly. Because yeah, like, listen to Eric talk about it. That's exactly what it was for me because Katie Seagal drove us to that tension so well throughout the movie, the tapping of her right, fingernails right. on her it builds, yeah. and her little, you know, twit, her little idiosyncrasies and her, tur- you know, twitches and stem or whatever you would call it. And that she was doing throughout that and watching that, I was expecting with that much pressure and anxiety building up underneath the surface of her as the way she was showing that, I think I was hoping for a bigger payoff. Yeah, that it was going to be a bigger explosion when it did go off. I will say, it's, way too many fingers and mouths in this movie for me. Please don't do that. <laughs> I think maybe it could have been. I I do like. I like that there's guns in this, and it makes sense given like the setting and the vibe, and they're pink, and like 
I like that. I like the big pink shotgun, but I maybe would have changed some of those final weapons from the little pistols to something more grandiose to to really drive it all home. Yeah. But I have a question yeah. for y'all, and Stars isn't here, so let's let's pick on him. Um, I know he is not like a huge Bria Grant fan. Do we know? Why do we want to talk about the direction a little bit? Eric, you said it was like not your super. I don't fave. know. I remember kind of being the one who was into 12 hour shit. I don't remember what you thought, Casey, but I feel like I might have been Absolutely. the one who was highest on it. Um, there were other people in the show at the time who did not like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't really know. I don't, I'm actually not that familiar with uh, that part of Schnorr's uh, internal life. Yeah. We should call Lots him. Right. We should call him live on the air right now. <laughs> I'm going to text him. Um, Elizabeth, what, how did you, you obviously like grew up like, it's pretty true. The in this culture. How did you feel about it? was very nail on head. Um, Cause I'm very, I, like I am poised to be critical of shades and flavors of people from the South. And like, this is like in my backyard, what they're talking about. And like that, it was very like, the line between basically like I don't all I don't want to like be mean to anyone, but like that like youth pastor vibe to like A <laughs> and R for a Nashville country musical label. It's very thin. Thin line. And right? <laughs> you felt the understanding of that. She's from Texas, right, Bray Grant? Yeah. Oh, she grew up in a little town in Texas. Yeah. yeah. You can feel the uh I think the realness of the Southern patriarchy going on in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about anything about the creative relationship or sort of the strife there that you found interesting? Um, I, well, I think I was, so I was finishing up embarrassingly close to us going live and like right at the end, I don't know. We're not spoiling. I don't know where we are with spoilers. Yeah, it's just right spo- at the spoil, end, there's the Caleb Crawdad. Sorry, the office. I was doing it the whole time. <laughs> Caleb um, him performing, the song that in it basically it is saying sort of the bow on the top of the story is that like a uh, privileged white male like is making money now off of these women fighting to the death mm. in gray gardens. Over right. At the end of the day, who's they, the voice, who's the face, who's the like at the end of the day, they all kill each other and he's left with the spoils. Right. And you know, <laughs> I, I like that ending. Like I'm, I did not like the ending when everybody was left dead. I was like, well, fuck. I'm with you. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like right at the end, I was like, oh, okay. That really but ma- when they showed him, like I when they showed him together. sort of being like, this is for them. This is their unfinished unreleased. Like I was like, okay, it's like that. I do like that. You know what it reminded yeah. me of is, is but, the ending of a star is born. That's <laughs> what it reminded me of. Oh gosh. But I, I really think I would have liked it more, even though I have like a visceral reaction to the Lee character. <laughs> I would have liked for it to have ended with Lee being famous and like taking credit, having the like songbook that she stole. I think like, and that would have pissed me off. Like as like a, you know, it, it would have been she made like guess. me righteously angry, but I think it would have been maybe, I don't know. I, I understand where they went with this like little extra ending with Caleb taking sort of credit for everything. But I, something about like everybody dying, I was like, ah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe there was a little bit of voice there. Can we, uh, Matilda, you also said something in very smart sounding in the email that I didn't understand at all. (laughs) Could you illuminate that for us? I said, I mean, I think I was, I think my favorite part of this movie was actually the relationship between the women and the way that the Katie Seagull character is kind of like wedging in there and exploiting the tension that she Mm. knows must exist um what was the word you used because it sounded smart oh like the horizontal hostility between the two of them Uh, sure yeah that hostility yeah because i feel like you know the the one other time and the reason i really love the movie jennifer's body so much even though i know it's Perfect. A lot of flack for various mm-hmm. things. Right. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, is it? I don't think we get to see that, like nuance in female friendships and aggression mm. in close female friendships, that much. And that movie did such a good job with it. And what I really love about the way this one does it is because in Jennifer's body, it's like the hostility comes from them, and in this one, both ways of dealing are kind of adaptations to larger misogyny 
Mm, right, like you really see how both mm. Lee and the other one, Jordan, Jordan. <laughs> um, <laughs> there it is. The ugly right? one, Matilda. No, I, know. <laughs> I, I thought they were. they were. I thought they were. About, she's gorgeous. Yes, both lovely. Yeah, women. yeah. But like, it's so clearly like they're both adaptive strategies mm. to not being taken seriously. They're both adaptive strategies yeah, to kind of like the power structure, and. In that context, because that was my favorite part, I actually thought this ending was really effective. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Because I feel like Bria Grant, even in 12-hour shifts, I don't think this spoils 12-hour shift, is that like there's something she's doing with like women's stories that were, will never be told at the mm. end of the movie. Both times. Like, and in 12-hour shifts, that's more triumphant. And in this one, it's it's a little brutal in a way that's realistic. I, well, it, especially too, like when you were talking, sorry, Elizabeth, the, when you were talking at the beginning of Matilda, like with the way uh, Harper Dutch kind of wedged herself in there too. Cause I don't know that that horizontal hostility was necessarily showing between Lee and Jordan at the beginning, but you could see mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. where Harper Dutch invented that and talked them into worrying about it. And, watching her manipulate the two of them was pretty amazing to watch as far as watching it unfold. <laughs> I think it was there. I think that that's, you know, I think Harper honed in on it because she felt it with hope, you know, all those years ago. Yeah. But yeah, having it sort of, you know, rash it up until she's like, why don't you hit each other? Yeah. Like let it so, out. And I was like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about was yeah. just like favorite kind of moments and scenes. That's kind of mine. That's, yeah. But it's, there's a specific, <laughs> There's a specific moment where, so she, it's a, it's another one of those slow burn tension builds. And I think it's like, right as the slapping starts, there's that, this scene is edited really well. They cut to her and she immediately like loosens up, leans over and grabs a drink. Like as they start to slap each other and then leans over the other way and flips on a switch and a disco ball comes on. Yes. (laughs) Just like that little subtle (laughs) acting moment was honestly my favorite moment in the whole movie. Yeah, the lounge vibe of it all. <laughs> She's like, oh shit, here we go. Like she was getting horny over it. Like she was just very well, excited she, all of a sudden. I think she is the best iteration we've seen of this um, grandmaster. Like, okay, so this is a subgenre of horror I've always enjoyed and in my mind refer to sort of as like a like dinner theater horror. horror. Like it's like this like, um, there's an event people are invited to very like, uh, would you rather House on Haunted Hill? Like, uh, yeah. who's going to last? It's going to be like challenges. Sort of Saw does this um, in a lot of ways. But she is so, it's like equal parts, like heartbroken and gleeful in this role in a way that like, I feel like she truly in some moments we see her almost feel like she's doing the right thing by showing them that this is the way the world is. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. where yeah. she's like, let's just get this over with. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, like this is going to This is going to happen. Let's and, speed it well, up. And she'll yeah. say, and like, she's see, like, I may yeah. as well be the one right now here showing you. And she'll well, say, she's like, like, you know, and I know. Right. We all know that this is how misogyny works. This is how the industry right. works. So let's fucking duke it out. And it's like, oh, we don't want to do that, actually. Right. And she's like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> like, what do we have to do to make that? And there's also, she'll say, she says, like, um, oh, this is what we could never do, talking about her sister. Mm-hmm. Like, we could never yeah. talk mm-hmm. about how we felt. See, this is great. Like, she's, like, weirdly encouraged by what's happening because, I mean, it's, like, what she's trying to accomplish. Yeah, and, but that's what makes that character at Harper Dutch so beautiful, too, because all of that, like you're saying, is exactly right. But then there's also, you see those flashes of moments where you could, you honestly believe that there's a minute she thinks she probably honestly thinks that she could make a comeback with Lee because she's going to fill that hole that her sister had and whatnot. And then, but then she's already on to the next thing of being mad at both of them again or whatever and pitting them against each other. There's a lot of layers there to Harper Dutch, which yeah, I and I will really say, loved. I will say that like to my earlier point about like the one character taking a long time to figure it out. I feel like there is also the aspect of, a, this is a really famous person and you're already in this scene, you know these people are insane. So like you're you're tolerating insanity at some point anyway. But also like, it, I mean, the whole movie is about how far you're willing to go mm-hmm. to 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 have this thing you want, this fame. So like, I get, I mean, I can understand. Like, it's more I that think- she acts like everything is fine. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I, and I think that's why I had such a visceral reaction to her because I usually have been the Jordan, like kind of like the ugly one or like the one kind of behind. And I also just like Lee's willingness to be like, yeah, let's fight. She wants us to, let's do it. And it's like, and Jordan is very much like, we got to go, let's get out of here. We're not staying. You're not safe here. And Lee's like, but we should just do it. And at the yeah, end, we I mean, see her go. Clearly by the end, like the movie does side with Jordan, is that her name? Um, mm-hmm. Which is interesting because I actually think with a few small screenwriting tweaks, those two characters could have been more on equal footing. I mean, I guess it, it, that maybe you lose some dramatic tension in the end, but like what by that, I mean like a lot of friendships and collaborative relationships can have, like you can have animosity underneath and still love each other like that. You could have gone that other direction with it. Right. That like, yeah. We have well, issues like with each did. other. She, she tried to get Lee out, but Lee was not having it. Well, that's what it is. But so by the end, when Lee is like, "Nope," or do the choices Lee makes in the end, I feel like is telling me that the script is taking like a clear like side. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's just interesting. Well, I think because you asked about scenes, the the scene that I think besides the fighting scene, which is pretty iconic, I guess for for the movie, is when near the end when Harper gives them each costumes and like one goes back at a time to change. And then like when they come out, she's like doing the whole thing again, like going, like leaning into the spiel, putting lipstick and having her like blot her lipstick on her finger, which uh, Eric, I I don't think you like, I guess. (laughs) But I, I, I like, like when they were putting on those costumes and like taking their turns and she was still putting them against each other. Just That's like nonstop. A, and then yeah. we knew that like when they're in the costumes, I was like, these are going to be the last outfits we see them. In. <laughs> I have the same physical reaction watching something like that, that I do to torture porn. Like it's exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> and they ramp it up. Cause first it's like fingers in people's own mouths, which I'm are still not cool with. But then it was like, then the, it was a step too far. It was too far. <laughs> I did like that. This movie went full Friday, the 13th part two, uh, by having her dress up as the yeah. sister at the end. Um, I can only assume that's where the, uh, you know, it's But wasn't it a mannequin at the end? Because I thought it was uh, Lee dressed wasn't? up as, as Hope, but then it was like a mannequin in the wig, in the dress. Yeah, that's interesting. No, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it is like, it is the whole, it's the and same dressing plot around. device that you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, but um, yeah, she's so. I kind of, I like to think that with the casting of Joshua Leonard and then the, and, and then the casting of Angela Bettis in 12 Hour Shift that like, uh, Grant has like an appreciation for a certain kind of like so, like underutilized horror actor or something. Like the, they're just two very interesting actors. Like, and yeah. also two of my weirdly favorite actors. Mm-hmm. So I've like I'm weirdly like happy when I see them in movies. Well, I've always Grant had the impression. So cool. Yeah, yeah. I've always had the impression Bria Grant seems like she's a true fan uh, horror in the genre. She's always seemed like she's liked acting in them. She's obviously enjoying creating them, writing them and whatnot, and listen to her, you know, reading her in interviews and stuff. And she seems like she, she kind of reminds me of Eli Roth in that aspect that she has a true genuine love for the genre, but. That's why I wish we knew what was Schnar's beef. I'm very intrigued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I texted him. I think my favorite. Can we call uh, you live on the show? Scene too with the, back, yeah. Oh, sorry. You're fine. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I think my favorite scene was the finger. The tapping? Yes. No, no. The, no, the, oh, the, the, oh, the severed the finger? finger. The severed finger. And then she just, that was like, I was like, oh, this is the definitely the same person that made 12 hour shift. There's just like a kind mm-hmm. of casualness yeah. about body parts. It's like, whatever. <laughs> I'm done with that thing For now. Sure. The eyeball mm-hmm. in the glass and then she drops it and I was like, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, take the guns, dude. I mean, I know it hasn't popped off yet, but it couldn't hurt. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Like you, yeah. Whatever's happening. The body parts, it's not going to hurt to have a gun. Right? Whatever's happening. I know, and she has so much self-preservation. It's strange to me that she doesn't go for that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. There uh, is a funny moment when she's filling... Um, the other girl in where she's like, no, like some weird stuff, like, you know, like bleh, body parts and like, like she sort of even says it kind of ca- like, Soft not the first it. thing she says, like yeah. she was like lots of her stuff and like, yeah, sort of burying yeah, you gotta the, uh, the her literal yeah. severed finger. <laughs> like I'd be coming out of there like motherfuckers. I just saw a finger and dropped an eyeball. We got <laughs> to go. 
Are are fingers to Bray Grant what feet are to Quentin Tarantino? That's the question I'd like to pose to the jury. <laughs> Just I think it's fingers. more of an eyes to Fulci type of thing. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that. Because the, there's a lot of cut. The, there's like a lot of. There, there are a lot you of think actually. think it's a heads to Ari Aster thing? There we go. Yes. <laughs> there are actually a lot of cut fingers in this movie too. Like Yeah, she cut yeah. her finger. At the, yeah. When she the, went to pick. I was like, first of all, floor work disgusting. Don't this, pick yeah. up that glass. You're going to cut yourself. This and lady is like, obsessed with fingers. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I do also as an appreciator of movie shotguns, I did really dig the pink shotgun. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was All the, pretty pink, the pink urn, the pink fence around yeah, the house. Yeah. yeah. I did yeah. like the pink urn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like this. Yeah. I mean, the house had one of the, like that old school Southern like plantation vibe to it, especially with everything like overgrown. Oh yeah. I think all the styling was really good. I love all of the fringe on the costumes. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. I want very yeah <laughs> the glitter and rhinestones and I'm a big like I was big on Shania Twain and yeah. the chicks and like Martina McBride like I was feeling the vibe oh yeah so I was like oh do yeah we know who wrote the music I'm looking it up and struggling but I straight up I oh, looked for the soundtrack earlier and was like I want that truck song. what's that one about taking the truck taking the <laughs> truck find yeah. it anywhere <laughs> And I was very mad. chicks, very like goodbye Earl. Um, you know, I love mm-hmm. that song. And Katie Seagal is an incredible singer. I love yeah. that we get to yeah. do more of this. She really is. Yeah, me too. I liked that um they made zero effort to make young Katie Seagal look like her. <laughs> they just didn't yeah. give a fuck. Like, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'll be honest. Sometimes it feels like way too much effort was like poured into that and then the rest of the movie sinks a little and I'm like really I mean, aren't there you just, went that far with like aren't there just like the aren't there just AI bots out there now you can just put a picture in and be like just 20 years day. younger beep boop and then you're done like that must be possible mm-hmm. <laughs> put a man on the goddamn moon we should be able to do that <laughs> Photos. I did like oh. the uh, the like flashback of the TV or not the flashback, but like the TV where we kind mm-hmm. of like see the old footage and they're very like Dolly Parton esque with the hair and like the round faces because they're younger and it's just mm-hmm. it's a really yeah. good I'm, little snippet. I'm always a fan of like using a like a clear promo photo from a movie this person did like 30 years ago or something like <laughs> from an old movie and then you just like oh you mean like any picture yeah but then you just like photoshop yeah then you photoshop the head yeah. in and it's terrible looking that's that's how i think it should be done <laughs> there's a lot of this movie with the styling and the characters and the way the characters are decided stuff i think this would honestly fit really well into a righteous gemstones world Mm-hmm. If you've seen any of that, they've got kind of a matching Southern style going on between those yeah, two. That's sure pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's a vibe. That's a, mm-hmm. a Southern vibe. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely be doing this one. I'm plugging up too. There's a, the like sort of like competitiveness between women and Matilda, like you were saying, the sort of like there's no winners because the system is rigged yeah. against them. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not, it's not either of their faults, even though that's the easier way to, you know, it's easier to blame one another than it is to be like, okay, it's actually just this system that is never going to let us succeed the way we probably should. Right. Um, and I really like yeah. that aspect of it. And I feel like in other movies, the Lee would have been the clear villain and Jordan would have been the clear moral center. And it's a little murkier than that here. And I kind of liked that. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it made both choices kind of reasonable yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah there's definitely some nuance to it yeah Yeah. that's and that's why it felt like with harper was kind of creating those self-doubts in them because they're pretty standard self-doubts you got to think for a woman trying to make it in the music business especially when jordan's the one with all the instrumental talent and lee's the one with the vocal talent and whatnot then you know that's what makes that part genius the way that harper come up with those because you know those thoughts they may not be an issue between the two at the time when we first meet lee and jordan but you know that they're probably have been thought of before right they're floating around there yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the obvious way to have gone would have been like Harper to be like, she never let me be in front. And, you know, and mm-hmm, she wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. She was That's like, what we would have seen like right. 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. She's like carrying tremendous guilt. And she's like, I need to sacrifice myself more. In fact, right. Mm-hmm. Like I need to go away more in mm-hmm. order to make this right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like that. Like, I like that. 
we do get a little bit of the like, okay, well, fame won out for one of those characters, though, and and the character was Lee. You know, fame did win out, mm-hmm. um, but then at the end, there are no winners because patriarchy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess that does put like make the end with Caleb being the like you know cashing in on their, you know, like Elizabeth said, their death battle <laughs> even more <laughs> yeah. poignant, but. That would be a crazy ass news story to wake up to. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like I always think at the fuck? end when there's like one survivor and uh, we didn't end up with any at this point, but like, how would you explain? Like, I feel like I would be struggling <laughs> yes. to be like, no, it was them. I, I survived out of chance. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> kind of that, that. There's that whole deal in like scream five about that. I was going to say scream like yeah. or scream four yeah. or mm-hmm. scream four. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of a uh, Grady Hendrix's uh, final girl support group too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I want to read that song. It's good. <laughs> Any other moments we want to highlight here before we uh, move along? Just oh, close to the styling team and to the, the, I don't know. I was at first, I was like, I don't know. Are they going to fe- feed us these like 20 second clips of songs that are like not very well produced? But like Elizabeth said, they are like decently well produced and, you know, yeah. I was like, okay, I can, I believe it now. Well, they, at first they, I was like, uh. They thankfully get better as the movie goes on. I actually think they start out yeah. pretty shitty. And when they need to have emotional impact later on, they get better. Like, it's kind of funny when they're like, uh, they play this last song in the beginning and they're like, the manager's mad and they're like, yeah, he just wants to be like a country pop duo. I'm like, that's what I just heard. Like, of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you're not fucking Johnny Cash. Chill. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, Christ. they're majorly impressive uh, session musicians, all of them, because they're improving on the fly. Yes. Like, damn, girl. I mean, I'm like, okay, coming in with some like mid range harmony. Like, yeah. Okay. Right. We're, okay. right. We're, just, we're just, and just she riffing. started her career doing a lot of session stuff, right? Didn't she? Like, she I was, believe, yeah. She's like, really I know she sang back up on like Gene Simmons solo mm-hmm. album. This is Katie stuff. Seagal. I like all these Katie oh, Seagal. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. All right. Uh, would you recommend this movie, Matilda? Yes. Caitlin. Yes. Casey. Yeah. Elizabeth. Yeehaw. I would also say yes. And uh, yeah, so that's like five thumbs up for this movie. I will say. Um, Caitlin, on the other side of this break, let's get my top 10 list out because I know I just oh, got yeah. some straight garbage at the bottom of it. So let's, let's <laughs> clean some of that. As up. you do. All right, everyone, let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. For the movie Rolling Stone magazine calls a delicious blend of fun and fright that's smashingly scary. It was funny. It was exciting. It's a scream, baby. The whole thing is fun. Never say, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. <laughs> Sensational, terrific entertainment, says the LA Times. Scream is sexy. I was screaming at the top of my lungs and laughing hysterically all at the same time. Scream. This is great. You have to see it. Rated R. Now playing. Hi there. I'm Judith O'Day from George Romero's original Night of the Living Dead. And you're listening to Bloody Good Horror. Send feedback to info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloodygoodhorror. I truly believe that there may be no greater accomplishment in my life than having Lloyd Kaufman say that Bloody Good Horror is the best TV there is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's why I still do this. <laughs> just, just to honor him. It is one of my favorites. I should shout out to Jason from uh, Dads in the Crypt. It's actually gotten us like a bunch of pretty sweet bumpers in the last couple of months. I just need time to edit them. But Jason yeah. is I literally so well connected. It's I know, like he really is so impressive. He's dogged in his pursuit, which I, I physically bumped into. Um, oh my gosh, PJ Souls. Yep, yeah, thank you, PJ Souls. 
who might yeah i love you girl did not mean to bump into you in the women's restroom at the hilton but so you went to the joe bob convention in memphis oh yeah yeah i did how was that well um so i went to the convention which was a separate event apparently from the Mm drive-in happenings where it was like a live show those were very expensive tickets that I... They were like $150 yeah, a night. That's fucking just crazy. not in the budget right now. But the convention tickets weren't quite as... Well, let's be real. Eric bought it for me for my birthday, so <laughs> thanks, bro. Um, <laughs> but it was it was a little underwhelming. But I don't have a ton of experience with conventions, mm. and so I'm not... It's yeah, entirely possible I'd be in curi- my mind. I'm I, just like I'd be curious too to yeah to hear from people who did have convention experience well, like how it's stacked so up. It, but I, for starters, the idea that they were not at the convention signing autographs, then why the fuck are you having a convention right. like the Joe Bob thing? Like, well, and there wasn't even like a vendor. There was no outlet to purchase Joe Bob anything. Like there was no like I was going to get several people like pit whatever like shirts i wonder if that's because like fright rags has that license and maybe they just weren't there maybe there was also another convention i saw and i think phoenix or something that weekend so i wonder if there was like some competition but but there was like a tiny tots beauty pageant right next door to this so it was like a real (laughs) interesting mix of like little mama like whatever that like yeah yes real life horror and my yeah so natalie of um natalie katona friend of the show she and i sat outside for a second like who is this person here for and then like you would see like literally like a sequin christmas tree that's a three-year-old like toddle up behind them and be like oh they're going to the <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah i'd be it was also like just blazing hot in Memphis that weekend. So it was I'm, I wonder how horrific. comfortable the drive-in could have possibly been. Like I almost had a heat stroke on Saturday, the day we went to the con. So I, I don't think I'll be good. Um, anybody who was there, I'd love to hear a report. Hear I'm curious one. too. I grew up going to that drive-in, the summer drive-in. It's awesome. Love it. Um, Caitlin, let's look at my top 10 list here. And then we got some time. So we got a couple of things on the agenda. Yeah, we have. We need to talk about the trailer for Halloween. We have plug it up news. We got all kinds of news to get into. But Eric, you have a full ten right now. Yeah, I know for a fact. I can't remember what it is, but I have just a garbage of a pile of garbage at number ten. But but the top five, the bottom five in general is weak. All right, you want me to read through your ten? Six. Give me six through ten. Okay, six through ten. Number six, you've got Scream. Seven, The Cursed. Eight, Monstrous, Nine, The Seed, and Ten, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. Boot the Seed. Okay. I did love that bus. Good. I did love that bus scene in that Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Like, the rest of that movie sucked ass, but that scene was so much fun. <laughs> Where do you want to put, put that? Uh, so put are this we at, that to put in put this, at, put this at nine. Yeah, you can, you can swap okay. it out here. All right, let's talk to our friends here. Matilda, you come to us this evening from the Zombie Girls podcast. I do, which is a bigger network of podcasts, as people who've been listening to this are aware. Um, And I'm on the original Zombie Girls podcast. No big Um, deal. (laughs) And people can can find us um, on the socials at ZG Podcasts. Awesome. What do you guys got, have going on over there right now? We are working on a live show for Midsummer. Nice. I'm about Heck to yeah. figure out a um, a bracket. I'm gonna do a little bracket challenge of who's going in the bear suit and who's gonna be the main queen. <laughs> Not among us, just like in the world. So in the world, nice. I like it. Send us your ideas. So many yes, candidates for the bear suit. Yeah, yeah. I nominate yep. Mitch McConnell for the bear suit. How does that sound? <laughs> yeah. How many men can the bear suit? Fit? <laughs> how many bear suits? Do we, bears. How many bear suits slash? I need a big bear slash fire huts. Do we have? Because it's uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll um, build some TVs. Love it. <laughs> That's the Zombie Girls yeah. ZG podcast. Is that what you said it was? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Elizabeth, you do a podcast and YouTube stuff. Why don't you tell me where people can see and hear you? Yes. Um, you could check out Cinemondo on Instagram or YouTube. Um, we have too much fun over there, you guys. Cinemondo is, Cinemondo is um, K 
Kathy's show. Kathy's also a big like it is, fan yeah. and supporter. Fellow slacker and uh EGH fan. Um yeah, it's super fun. We do movie reviews, trailer reactions. Um, it is a podcast. I have yet to be able to block out enough time to actually do a podcast episode, but get to hop on YouTube with them and it's super fun. Um, also recently was on to all the men I've tolerated before with Natalie Katona. Always a good time. I visit zombie girls every once in a while, plug it up. Of course, uh, with Caitlin. The stylist, here. Yeah. Yes. The stylist. That's actually probably the most recent thing I've done. Um, Love it. And on socials, you are Final Girl Scout. That's right. Love it. Caitlin, what's going on over on Plug It Up? Oh, it's been a good few weeks. I've had a a good run of episodes. Uh, This week is probably one of the biggest releases we did midsummer, which, you know, is a movie very close to me. Love that movie. Longest episode yet, coming in right at like two hours. So, you know. It's a good one. Thank you. Buckle up. It's a long one. But I still maintain I could get into that community if not for everybody sleeping in the same room with the babies. Couldn't we make a different hut for the babies? Like, I don't <laughs> like maybe two to three miles away. So you're cool with the I'm cliff sleeping. dive at 75. So I'm good. listen, said, I'm not going to be go. by 75. Lyles. No, you're you're so like honed microchip. Like, well, because I have to be, because I'm slowly live, deteriorating. I'll everyone. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'll get lucky. I, I feel like the people who I'll live everyone are the ones that like just drink their eat lunch and eat bacon and for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was a, a good episode. And then um, also the big announcement is that I finally have merch. There's not a lot of it, but mm-hmm. there's some merch. Um, and you can find it at uh, the instagram and twitter pages which are both plug it up pod if you go to the link in the bio and click merch it'll take you to the red bubble store love it um, someone so. alert alan merch there's merch here <laughs> get your merch casey what's what's the haps on twitter.com on twitter.com uh let's see we'll here say, we'll we save, have uh, i want to I want to save the halloween trailer for next week because we made schnar's promise not to watch it so he can watch it live on air yeah Priorities. I wish I had thought about this for the monsters. My God, what a golden! <laughs> I still haven't watched it. Wait, which one? Yeah. The monsters. Oh well, okay. either. All right, we got a couple tweets out there on our Ask BGH hashtag. You got questions? Ask us. Hashtag Ask BGH. I thought you were going to say we got answers. <laughs> First one comes from at Leaky Pencils. Are there any horror movies you consider to be summer movies where you only feel like watching them during this time of year? For example, Sleepaway Camp doesn't hit as hard in January. Agreed. My big one for this is Return of the Living Dead. It's, Eric, what does your yeah. shirt say right now? Oh, right Jaws. Jaws. I mean, that's oh fine. It's God. Return yeah. for me. It's, but I could watch <laughs> I could watch Jaws any time of the year. I like I have a p- summer appointment movies and like in and around 4th of July. Cause that's when it's set. I like have to watch return to living dead. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, also isn't, I know what you did last summer. That's 4th of July weekend too. I'm pretty sure. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a great, uh, zombie girls, uh, like 4th of July watch of the Bay. Last year. Oh, I love really that one. The July one. It's a little rough with the eco horror right now, but mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good 4th of July movie. Jaws too. I mean, Jaws is Jaws is pretty solid for summertime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I usually save Jaws for the summertime too. The other big one for me is, um, uh, although I will watch it. Oh shit, I'm blanking now. Oh, Creep Show is another one. Although I watch that probably four. Oh, you watch that? Probably watch that four times a year at least. Yeah, yeah. Midsummer too. You know, yeah, yeah for sure. Technically, the Raft is a springtime movie, right? From the Creep Show. Creep show two, spring break. I think Creep show two is the rest, and it's set in fall. Yeah. Wow. How do you, how do you have that so quick? And was it already? fall or spring? Because the water was cold. Um, because they make a comment about how they can't believe the dock is still in the water. Uh, in other words, like it should have been pulled in for the season already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, good call. I've also seen right. that movie a hundred times. Next one comes from everybody's favorite at CEO underscore W Flanagan. Y'all ever replace heart with fart and song t- lyrics and tittles? Sometimes I sing two farts to my poster of schnars. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great pick of schnars. Man, oh, oh, God. He, yeah, so he posted a picture of schnars like post-run 
with these like real short shorts on and he his put tiny shorts. What did he use to censor his thigh? It was like a heart or something. It was, no, it was lit with a little flame. Oh, it was like <laughs> a flame is like, yeah. Schnorr's is kind of flashing some inner thigh there. I like it. Yeah. I like to think that he's walking around that picture on his phone. I hope it's his background. Like, <laughs> uh, I think, it, you know, pull the Michael Scott total eclipse of the fart, achy, breaky mm-hmm. fart. Oh yeah. I will often to myself sing songs with really filthy lyrics, like just for no reason whatsoever. I find it satisfying. (laughs) I am a connoisseur of making up all sorts of dumb songs to other songs like, you know, about the dog or something. So, Oh, I'm a fan of that. I grew up in a household with some extreme OCD and we were not allowed to talk about basically any butt stuff is the easiest way to say it. So like when I hear (laughs) fart, it literally like still... It's like I think how some people can't say like vagina, peanut, whatever, like their word. Like I, it's hard for me. That's a hard one. Oh, man. <laughs> and my kids think it's like the goddamn funniest thing that has ever happened when someone farts. And like, I, I don't know how other people in their lives react to it, but I can't do anything but laugh because it is hilarious. They're right. Oh, and, yeah, I mean, I don't sorry. disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the last tweet out here comes from our buddy Skizbot. Uh, it's a good one, too. What musician do you think is most likely to become a homicidal maniac? It's been 23 years, and I'm dreading the day Garth Brooks's dark half, Chris mm. Gaines, returns mm. to kill again. Chris Gaines. I mean, have you seen Madonna lately? I feel like I know. she's got some real crazy energy going on that I feel like, you know, could yes, end she in does. death. Psycho bitty energy? Yeah. Mm. I feel like That's Roger Waters question. is pretty close to losing mm. it completely. Like mm. he's a little bit on a tip of like, I'm the most important person. So I feel like <laughs> he could go over. Eric Clapton's like, going to yeah. fall the other way. <laughs> yeah. You know who I was just going to think in like the opposite direction This a person that I, I don't even like their music, but Bob Weir of the grateful dead. I started following him on Instagram and he's like a very interesting Zen old dude and i actually ended mm-hmm. up like taking a bunch of workout advice from him because he's like in really good shape <laughs> i feel like it's gonna be someone younger like uh i don't sean mendez one of those like younger ones mm. yeah i feel like there's something lurking beneath the surface there mm. oh yeah Ooh. i can see that like one of the little disney yeah you know girls like I, any of these people mm. I'm or maybe like in this boys. <laughs> Which one? The Island Boys. The Island Boys. Oh, God. Well, I mean, that's... <laughs> that's an easy one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like a the most slighted member of the boy band, right? Like the kind of yes. going with the torn heart. The Joey Fatone. Mm-hmm. The, 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 Joey the Howie. Of Joey Fatone. The Howie. The Howie. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I'm go with Howie. Yeah, if we're talking about the slighted one. Or I the, was going to go see Hanson uh, with some friends, but I, I learned that they're like hardcore evangelical oh, and sure. have said and done some awful yeah. like political stuff lately. And I'm, I'm just heartbroken because I loved Hanson yeah. as a kid. Matilda, so. how about, uh, how about Chris from NSYNC? Chris Kirkpatrick yeah. with the <laughs> dumb hair. Yeah, with his he's going to murder whoever his stylist. <laughs> so he's going to go on like a stylist killing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's kind of chill though. Chris Kirkpatrick was actually on Celebrity Big Brother this last time around, and he was actually pretty chill. He seemed, oh, I liked him. <laughs> you know who I would not be surprised to learn as a serial killer? Hmm. Brian Adams. Oh. Brian Adams. Brian oh. Adams. <laughs> Interesting. Don't know why. There's just some. I would just be like, okay, yeah. Nobody's gonna pick shared with like an Elizabeth Bathory type setup. How? Oh, that's a I real mean, very dare you. We could talk about. We could talk <laughs> about. Good, uh, we could talk about. Army. I want to see a piece of pop art or something with that. <laughs> we could talk about Army Hammer, like oh. legit, maybe eating people and being into. Isn't he telling, telling timeshares now? I was gonna say, don't say his name too many times. He's gonna try and sell you. Oh time my share. god! Speaking of him, <laughs> I was on a flight like a couple months, like a month ago, and I tried to watch Death on the Nile. Because I watched uh, Murder on the Orient Express, and like I went to the theater to see it. Really enjoyed it. It's just a fun movie. This Death on the Nile thing is like one of the worst goddamn things I've ever seen. But he's in it, and that's what reminded me of it. <laughs> it's just bad. Oh, my God. That's it. All right. That's all the tweets. Word. We have breaking Twitter news. Caitlin, is it your, or sorry, Instagram, is it your birthday tomorrow? 
It is my birthday oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Thank birthday. you. Your friend told us. Oh, Nick. He's, he's the best. This is a great one. What was the first podcast you really got into? Nerdist. Nerdist was up there. When for me. was so? How long has that been around? Like when was that? I got into them around 2012, but I think they've been around longer. But mm-hmm. that was like the first podcast that I like weekly was like, all right, let's go. Got to get this new episode. Yeah. That's interesting. I think Sex Nerd Sandra, which was on the Nerdist, mm-hmm. was mine. Mm-hmm. Matilda. Yeah, and, uh, oh, gosh, I don't remember. Bloody Good Horror was pretty. Early on for me. Yeah, I mean, we all, it's all of our answers. I do hear, I mean, I do hear that a lot because we've just been around for like so long. I tried out a few, like you were one of a couple and it's just the one that stuck. There were others fell by the wayside. Um, (laughs) Mine were, so uh, 2007 was when I, I basically, by the end of 2007, we had launched this show and I discovered podcasts in like, it must have been early 2007. Uh, and the big things were night of the living podcast. They were like Mm -hmm. the OG horror pod. Like they were around Mm -hmm. about a year and a half before we were. And they had maybe like 50 episodes or maybe more, maybe like around there somewhere. I found BGH on a list from somewhere that was like best horror podcast and found night of the living podcast. And I can't remember who else. And when I say I obsessively binged that show, like over and over, I mean like, I knew that episodes of that show, like I do office episodes, like I was obsessed with it. Um, and then we ended up meeting them, becoming friends. Like it's just been, that's been a cool journey with them, but they were definitely the OGs. Then the other one was not horror. It's it's this one's still around. It's called hardcore history. And it's by this guy named Dan, Dan Carlin, who's like a former radio host and like amateur historian. And he does like deep dives. Um, on historical topics but what i like about it is it's not produced really it's like he'll just start going and just like one i mean i'm sure he's editing some but like one stream of consciousness almost like a radio show walk you through whatever this history like subject is or whatever um and he has like one man like one i would recommend like uh on the assassination of franz ferdinand that started sort of kicked off world war one in earnest um like one of the best things i've ever heard but what was frustrating about that show is he would this episodes are not regularly released and they went from being like every three months to every six months to almost like every year now or like you know so it's it's frustrating to be in that into something and like not yeah but yeah i was pretty obsessed with that too and this was so frustrating when they peter out it was before (laughs) me having an iphone too so I, i was explaining this a lot of times when I tell people we've been around since 2007, I get confused looks and I'm like, yeah, like I didn't have an iPhone. I would, I had an iPod nano. I would yeah. download them to my yeah. iTunes and then sync it. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. 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 Or do the old sync and it'd be like, okay, let's go. Let's go. I got to get in the car. I got to go to work. Got to go to gym, podcast. the gym. Right, like, like on a plane. I need like 10 of these. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or an even more mystical device that my father still has and uses, which is an iPod shuffle which was the dumbass little yeah. thing without a screen on it. Dude, like, those things, like a clip. you basically, my brain. you basically had, I didn't you, understand how to even like get it away from you. Him. Basically had to know Braille in order to operate that. Basically. <laughs> but no, it would like, it would, you know, it's it, like three things for next song. It's similar to what you would do now with like an AirPod, but what it would do is a voice would tell you the name of like, if you were on a playlist or something, like you couldn't really mm. scroll the same way, but you could set up playlists and then just like play them. It was it was a cool like form factor though. I had one for a little bit. <laughs> that thing also charged through the headphone port, which always seems like black magic to me. Like I don't understand <laughs> how that works. Come a long way, baby. Podcast, man. <laughs> the other one I remember, horror one I remember being around is Dinner for Fiends, it was called. That might still be a thing, but it was Dread Central's podcast. They were one of the early ones. And Rue Morgue has had a podcast for about the same amount of time, but I'm going to be real with you. Going back to like the 2000s, I always found Rue Morgue like too pretentious. Like I liked being a pretentious horror fan. We're going to have a nemesis. Dude, listen, (laughs) there's certainly an audience out there for it, but man, you want to talk about smelling your own farts. (laughs) Go read read some Rue Morgue. Um, All right, here we go. 
Do you ever get that thing where your heart slash chest hurts if you breathe too deep? Scary. Uh, yeah, actually I do. <laughs> Anytime I start running again after having run for a while, I definitely deal with like chest pain. Yeah. Mine comes to like an anxiety place, but yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> I think mine, yeah. mine's more anxiety driven, but yeah. I can, in fact, yeah, I can, I, go ahead. I have pulled my, um, my chest muscle before. And that really makes you feel like you're having a heart attack on your left oh, side. You God. Google anything about that. And it's like, yeah. proceed, do not basco. Mm. Yeah. ER proceed directly. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And I pulled my pet, my pectoral muscle. Oh. Um, and my doctor was like, I know you're going to be anxious about this. So I'm going to give you like the highest test about this. We're you're going to get a stress EKG. Do you know what this is? Yeah. It's where you <laughs> run on a treadmill. It's where you run on a treadmill and then they throw you down real fast and, and take all your vitals put the stuff. EKG onion. Yeah. Um, they do not tell you this. You are not allowed to wear a bra for this test. Oh my Lord. Run without a bra. I wouldn't know. I'll pass. <laughs> it is. Damn. That's serious. Um, I'm never complaining about anything again. <laughs> the doctors. So. I can remember. <laughs> I, I can remember actually having chest pain, like playing sports in high school and being like, uh, like if you need more proof that I've always been 90, just being like, guys, uh, this can't be right. Like, I feel like I'm having a heart oh, attack. Since sixth grade, I've been like, I think this is a, this is the right one. <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, take man. me out. I smell toast. <laughs> so relate to that. Uh, I'm just going to say this person's name because I like it. Microgasm responded to your question. Finally, listen to Limetown. Amazing. Now what? This I like this message because it has big Eric energy to listen to a podcast like 10 years after it came out and be like, guys, have you heard of this Limetown? Oh, That's delightful. <laughs> uh, yeah, Limetown is the shit. It's a really great podcast. Oh, you know what? I do have a recommendation. The Video Palace is the other one you want to check yeah, out. Yeah, that's a good one. It is the only other horror narrative podcast I've ever heard that's good. It came from Shudder and it's on iTunes. You can also like listen to it on Shudder on the browser and stuff. But it's... <laughs> dope it's about a guy tracking down these old mysterious vhs that he then finds like open up a portal to like other planes mm -hmm. of existence or something it's there's a lot to like it's good um i would not recommend limetown season two like it's not the worst thing but they take it in a weird direction like it goes from horror to like sci-fi in a way i didn't really like mm -mm. this is a good Rachel and Ariel turned me on to Lovecraft Investigations. Have any of you listened to that one? It's like a BBC no. horror narrative one, and there's a few seasons, and I keep waiting for the new one. Interesting. It's one of those ones where they um, they just put something new, and I was like, oh, my God, it showed up in my podcast feed, but it's just some ad yeah. for something else. Just I am just worse. incredibly, incredibly picky about that stuff. Like, Because I don't think I – it's not my favorite, so the one stuff I like is just the stuff that really – kind of rises up because the other big yeah. one for a while around the same time in Limetown was the black tapes, but it just kind of, I felt like lost its way. And oh yeah. I, I tried mm -hmm. that one. That one didn't stay with me. This one stayed good. I think there's three or four seasons. I'm looking it up now, Matilda. Thank you for the recommendation. There is a pot. CBS actually has a feed where they post old, um, like horror radio dramas. Uh, you'd have to Google it if you Google like CBS radio or something on or, you know, my, this is the nerdiest thing maybe I've ever done, but I, I got way into fallout four. And the best thing about those fallout games is you have the little like thing on your arm that it's like your menu, but it's like, you can play radio stations and they record, they have all this like radio stations you can tune into as you're walking around the, like the wasteland. But there were mods you can install on PC where other people would like have audio files for new radio stations. And one of them was like a 24 hour loop of old horror serials or like old horror radio serial things. So you could just like plop that on and there'd be like ambience in the background and like. That's cool. <laughs> pretty neat. I played Fallout 4 for like 100 hours. So it was worth it, you know. There you go. I had more time in my hands back then. <laughs> All right. Um, love it. Don't forget to check out patreon.com slash bloody good horror. You could be watching a live video stream of the show right now. You can get all the back episodes. You can get access to our Slack 
community um, and other delightful stuff. Oh, and um, early release episodes. You can get them Thursday night before they come out. So there you go. Have them was that all the Instagram? Yes. Yeah, that was oh, it. Damn. The last one was your birthday, which I already oh, said. Thank you. Um, yeah, so don't forget to check out Matilda on the Zombie Girls. Check out Elizabeth. Elizabeth. That's not your name. Uh, <laughs> on To All the Men I've Tolerated and Cinemondo. And Plug It Up and Thor's Hour of Thunder. And I think you might be on the most podcast of anyone here. Um, you know, I love it. Casey, wait for a paycheck, you guys. Casey, would you like to show us your drawing you've been working on during the show? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's actually, I didn't get too far with it, but the, uh, let's see if we can see it there. Oh, I like it. Just it's the like start. Salt pepper shakers. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. If people want to so, see your art, where, what are you on Instagram? I am on Instagram as cinema.fromage. And if you go out there and check my bio, there, I have a link to my link tree out there, and you can find my new sticker collection out on Redbubble, uh, Professor oh, Fromage nice. and his far out friends. Sweet. So. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Check that out. And I'm, I'm Eric BGH everywhere. So there you have it. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for Torn Hearts. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next week for Nope. Woo! Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.